Dear loving Father in heaven, we thank you for giving us the privilege of life. Glory be unto your name, dear Lord. Father, we will continue our journey in life again, and without you we cannot make good use of this life. We want to glorify your name with our lives. We want to live a life that is in harmony with your will to give praise and honor to you. Please, Lord, take our lives and let it be consecrated to thee. May the entrance of your word give light to us. May it give understanding to our simple mind. Lord, put your words in my mouth, that as I speak, the words spoken shall indeed be light and life and spirit to us, that we may grow into the image of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Conflict and Courage February 25 Bartered Betright Commit thy way unto the Lord, trust also in him, and he shall bring it to pass. Psalm chapter 37 verse 5 Isaac loved Esau better than Jacob, and when he thought that he was about to die, he requested Esau to prepare him meat, that he might bless him before he died. Rebekah heard the words of Isaac, and she remembered the words of the Lord. The elder shall serve the younger. And she knew that Esau had lightly regarded his birthright and sold it to Jacob. Rebekah was acquainted with Isaac's partiality for Esau and was satisfied that reasoning would not change his purpose. Instead of trusting in God, the disposer of events, she manifested her lack of faith by persuading Jacob to deceive his father. If Esau had received the blessing of his father, which was bestowed upon the firstborn, his prosperity could have come from God alone and he would have blessed him with prosperity or brought upon him adversity according to his course of action. If he should love and reverence God like righteous Abel, he would be accepted and blessed of God. If like wicked Cain, he had no respect for God nor for his commandments, but followed his own corrupt course, he would not receive a blessing from God but would be rejected of God as was Cain. If Jacob's course should be righteous, if he should love and fear God, he would be blessed of God, and the prospering hand of God would be with him, even if he did not obtain the blessings and privileges generally bestowed upon the firstborn. Jacob and Rebekah succeeded in their purpose, but they gained only trouble and sorrow by their deception. God had declared that Jacob should receive the birthright, and his word would have been fulfilled in his own time, had they waited in faith for him to work for them. But like many who now profess to be children of God, they were unwilling to leave the matter in his hands. Rebekah bitterly repented the wrong counsel she had given her son. It was the means of separating him from her and she never saw his face again. Amen. 
The title of our devotion for today is Bartered Birthright. Continuing the story of Jacob and Esau, and this time with the whole family, with Isaac and Rebekah involved, we are going to look and draw out some lessons from the experience and the account or the event of uh, Rebekah and Jacob conniving to deceive Isaac and take the so-called birthright which were words from Isaac's mouth pronounced on Jacob. Were these words meaningful or were they meaningless? Was it those words that really made Jacob to be the progenitor, to be the inheritor of the blessing? Had not the Lord already said so? Did Isaac need to say it before the word of the Lord will now be made good? Before the word of the Lord will now be fulfilled? Does it really matter who Isaac blessed when God had already spoken? Can man turn against what God had said? You see, this is what brings us to the, to the lesson of perception. The story of uh, this deception practiced by and uh, Rebekah and uh, Jacob is found in the book of Genesis chapter 27, reading from verse 1. And when you go downward, you can tell, you can, it's a popular story. We see that Rebekah heard that Isaac had told Esau, to go and get him some of his usual delicacies that he brings for Isaac and then Isaac would bless him. Knowing this, and Isaac was already blind, knowing this, she told Jacob to pretend to be Esau and receive the blessing from Isaac. And it takes a lot to practice this kind of deception. The deception comes with with um, lying it comes with a lot of conjecturing things in the mind. I mean, you have to really plan this thing out. Taking the cloth of Esau, going to kneel before the father, and the father was asking, "Are you really? Is this really Esau?" And Jacob said, "Yes, it's Esau, deceiving the father." You see, Jacob and the mother Rebekah. Of course, this shows us a lesson. Jacob himself shouldn't have done what he did. He was not a little boy. He was over forty years old. We already saw that when Esau was 40 years old, he took wives to himself. And this matter has not yet happened. Jacob was about above 40 years. And he had a decision to make for himself. And he allowed his mother to make him to make the wrong decision. Albeit they had good intentions. But then, it doesn't matter. They deceived Isaac. A deception that was so unnecessary. Very, very unnecessary. But yet... It brought a big problem in the home. So I wouldn't necessarily read the whole story. You can find it in the book of Genesis chapter 27. What the deception Isaac and the deception Jacob and his mother practiced. But one lesson we learn from here is that faulty perception has great consequences. You see that in Jacob and his mother's mind, Rebecca, they had a faulty perception. What do I mean by that? That is, the way they understood things, the faculty of the mind called the perception and the reasoning especially, they help us to have a world view, especially our perception, the way you view the world, how you see things. It affects your actions. In Rebecca and Jacob's case, because they thought that the blessing of the firstborn coming from Isaac is what the spiritual blessing was and that they needed Isaac to pronounce a blessing on Jacob for him to be the one that the Lord will use. Because they had that perception, 
it led them to practicing deception. Here we see a family feud and a huge one at that. This is because of the perceptive misunderstanding that this family got into this great trouble. God himself had already said, the elder shall serve the younger. It did not matter what any human being said. God's word is powerful and he does not need us to do uh, to help him by sinning against God to bring about his word to come to pass. No, he doesn't need that at all. God's word is powerful. We are, we are told in the book of Isaiah 55, reading from verse 10 and 11, there it says, For as the rain cometh down from the heavens, and the snow falleth down on the earth, and wetteth the ground, so that it may bring forth and bud, and it gives bread to the eater and seed to the sower, so shall my word be that goeth forth out of my mouth. It shall not return unto me void, for it shall accomplish that which I please, and it shall prosper in the thing whereto I sent it. The word of God in and of itself is powerful. We are told that in Hebrews chapter 4 verse 12. For the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. Everything around us in nature is an evidence to the testimony of the power of the word. We are told in Psalms 33 verse 6. By the word of the Lord were the heavens made, and all the host of them by the breath of his mouth. And verse 9 says, He spoke, and it was done. He commanded, and it stood fast. Genesis chapter 1 verse 1 downward tells us how the creation was done. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And then we are told, God said, Let there be light. He didn't do anything with his hands. His word itself brought about the light. And as he speaks and says, let the waters separate and there be waters above the earth and the waters below. It just happens as he speaks. And he says, let dry land appear. He, he's, he doesn't, he's, he's hands free. What he's doing is just hands free. He's talking. Only talking and things come to pass. The word of the Lord has spoken. And it does not need the help of Rebecca. Neither did it need Jacob to do any deception. And we have already seen before that the Lord said he will show mercy on whom he will show mercy. And in uh, Exodus 20, when he was giving the commandments, he said clearly that he shows mercy to those that keep his commandments and love him. But those who don't keep his commandments, they will get the curses. I have Deuteronomy 28 and Leviticus 26. The Lord is very explicit on that. Today, people think that blessings and curses are dependent on men brothers and sisters blessings and curses are dependent on your course of action because the lord has already set a spiritual law in place that there are curses on those who disobey him and blessings on those who obey him as we read in the devotion conflict and courage page 62 paragraph 4 it says if esau had received the blessing of his father which was bestowed upon the firstborn his prosperity could have come from god alone and he would have blessed him with prosperity or brought upon him adversity. It does not matter what Isaac said to Jacob or to Esau. None of that mattered. Isaac may say, oh, my son, I bless you. If that son does things that God has said you should not do and that if you do it, a curse will come upon you, it matters not what your father tells you. It matters not what your mother tells you. Your mother may bless you all she wants. Your father may speak all heaven's blessings upon you. If you do not do the what the Lord has said you should do to receive the blessings, oh, adversity will come upon you and same for me. Also, 
it does not matter what any human being says to curse you. This was the perception that was faulty in the mind of Rebekah and Jacob. They thought it mattered what Isaac said above what God said. And they did not trust God that his word was enough that if God had said the younger will be the one that will rule over the elder and the elder will serve the younger, they didn't need to bother themselves. They could rest assured that it will come to pass as the Lord had said it. But they were not restful. They were clamorous. They were wondering, oh, the Lord's word is not going to be made good. We need to do something about it. Isaac is about to bless Esau. Isaac's blessing on Esau was not going to do nothing for Esau as far as Esau was a profane man who was not obedient to the word of God. Continuing the reading, it says, he would have brought he would have blessed him with prosperity or brought upon him adversity according to his course of action if he should love and reverence god that's if esau should love and reverence god like righteous abel he would be accepted and blessed of god if like wicked cain he had no respect for god nor for his commandments but followed his own corrupt course he would not receive a blessing from god but would be rejected of god as was cain also with jacob if jacob's course should be righteous if he should love and fear god he would be blessed of God, and the prospering hand of God would be with him, even if he did not obtain the blessings and privileges generally bestowed upon the firstborn. End of quote. Proverbs 26 verse 2 tells us this, As the bird by wandering, as the swallow by flying, so the curse causeless shall not come. If someone out of their annoyance places so-called curse you do you worry yourself oh many are worried when people curse them and say this will happen to you it will not be well with you this and that and just rain curses on them you shouldn't be worried what people say in cursing you neither should you rejoice just because someone blessed you your blessing and your curse doesn't depend on what man says because god has already blessed you and at the same time he has already cursed you on condition. Some people wouldn't like to hear that God has cursed them. But I'm not making it up. The Lord has actually cursed some people. It depends on your course of action. The course of action we take is what brings blessings or curses upon us. In the book of Leviticus chapter 26, there we see how God has said this. God said in verse 3, If you walk in my statutes and keep my commandments and do them, then I will give you rain in due season, and the land shall yield her increase, and the trees of the field shall yield their fruit. And your threshing shall reach unto the vintage, and the vintage shall reach unto the sowing time, and you shall eat your bread to the full and dwell in your land safely. These same blessings are repeated in the book of Deuteronomy 28, where the Lord was very clear, saying in verse 1, And it shall come to pass. If thou shalt hearken diligently unto the voice of the Lord thy God, to observe and do all his commandments which I command thee this day, that the Lord thy God will set thee on high above all the nations of the earth, and all these blessings shall come on thee and overtake thee. If thou hearken unto the voice of the Lord thy God, blessed shalt thou be in the city, and blessed shalt thou be in the field. Blessed shall be the fruit of thy body, and the fruit of thy ground, and the fruit of thy cattle, the increase of thy kind, and the flocks of thy sheep. Blessed shall be thy basket and thy store. Blessed shall thou be when thou comest in, and blessed shall thou be when thou goest out. 
The Lord shall cause thine enemies that rise up against thee to be smitten before thy face. They shall come out against thee one way and flee before thee seven ways. Amen. The Lord shall command the blessing upon thee in thy storehouses and in all that thou settest thy hand unto, and he shall bless thee in the land which the Lord thy God giveth thee. The Lord shall establish thee and holy people even unto himself, as he hath sworn unto thee, if thou shalt keep the commandments of the Lord thy God and walk in his statutes. Conditional blessing, if we keep his commandments. And how about when we don't keep it? See the Lord himself. I'm not the one saying this. God has already said it by himself. Talking about the curses. It says in verse 15, But it shall come to pass, if thou wilt not hearken unto the voice of the Lord thy God to observe, to do all his commandments and statutes which I command thee this day, all these curses shall come upon thee and overtake thee. Cursed shall thou be in the city, and cursed shall thou be in the field. Cursed shall be thy basket and thy store. Cursed shall be the fruit of thy body and the fruit of thy land, the increase of thy kind and the flocks of thy sheep. And it goes on and on. Here is the Lord talking about blessings and curses on condition. And so it was with Isaac, Rebekah, Jacob, and Esau. The blessings pronounced by Isaac on Esau would have meant nothing if Esau was not doing what was right. If he goes against the word of God, then the curse of God was going to come upon him. And as for Jacob and Rebekah, they succeeded in their purpose as we read, but they brought trouble upon themselves because they deceived. It was not necessary for them to do that. God had declared that Jacob should receive the birthright, and his word would have been fulfilled in his own time had they waited in faith for him to work for them. But like many, who now profess to be the children of God, they were unwilling to leave the matter in his hands. Rebekah bitterly repented the wrong counsel she had given her son. It was the means of separating him from her, and she never saw his face again. End of quote. This was the consequence of a wrong perception. Today, many people still suffer from the consequences of a faulty perception. In Rebekah and Jacob's case, their perception was wrong when they thought that they must deceive, or let me not say deceive now, but when they thought that the blessing must be pronounced by Isaac on Jacob for the word of God to be fulfilled, which was a wrong reasoning and perception. Today also, many people suffer from a wrong perception. Here we hear a lot of stories, people committing suicide because of faulty perception. You hear of a lady one day, because she has no boyfriend, she takes poison and drinks it, because she perceives, she has believed the worldview that it is something terrible for you to live without a boyfriend or somebody breaks up with you with another person and then the next thing they are killing themselves. Faulty perceptions affecting the person. Some of these perceptions are more harmful than others. They lead to people doing things that they need not do, that brings great consequences upon others and themselves too. There are numerous ones of the numerous types of these perceptions. So sometimes these perceptions border on superstition. Some of them are outright superstitious beliefs, which actually affect our understanding and therefore affect our actions. There are some of them very little, others are great. You hear people say, Oh, they are not to cross over their leg. If you cross over my leg, it's only dead bodies you cross over, then I'm going to die. I've seen sometimes. You hear somebody they cross over the leg of a young child, but because the child believes that they have been told. Their perception is that if somebody crosses over their leg, then they are going to die. 
and then they start to even cry fight i've seen it happen in school fight telling the other person you must cross my leg back if not i'm going to die this night cross it back i remember an incident when i was in secondary school somebody mistakenly or just in a play a young boy used a broom to hit the leg of another but the other person who was hit with the broom comes from a place where he understands his perception is that if you hit somebody with a broom on the leg that person is going to die in the night oh a fight broke out because of that you must reverse what you have done you must reverse what you have done faulty perception and there are numerous ones i cannot imagine them uh, and start listing all of them the solution to this is we we need to allow the word of god to be what forms our reasoning and our perception if we start believing all these superstitious things and even the ones that are not superstitious but just outrightly wrong ways of understanding like in the case of rebecca and jacob look at what he led them to do it led them to do something that brought great consequences on the family jacob had to run away from the house rebecca never saw him again esau was now planning to kill his brother jacob all this would have been avoided if only Jacob and Rebecca had had the right understanding of God's word in believing that God's word will be fulfilled and they need not have done anything to bring blessing upon Jacob so that Jacob would get the better. It was not necessary. And so with us, some things we do are not necessary. We think, oh, I need to do this because I believe that if I don't do this, this and that is going to happen. But is that really true? Is that what the word of God says? the solution to all faulty perceptions i cannot list all of them but they all have one solution allow god's word to form your perceptions allow god's word to form your basis of belief if not your perception can lead you to sin your perception will lead you to sin isaac was deceived by his wife and the son they sinned against god because of their faulty perception Today, people are involved in idolatry because of faulty perception. I hear of the stories. People say, oh, if your child or anybody that dies in the river must be buried close to the river. Why? Because they don't want the gods of the river to come to their home and disturb them. You are already verily serving other gods because of your faulty perception. What do you mean gods of the river? Even if there's no harm in burying somebody close to the river, your motive, God knows your motive. Are you burying that person close to the river because you believe that the gods of the river are coming to disturb you, that they, are, they claim that they are the ones who claim that dead body, that the body belongs to them? Faulty perception, it is leading you to idolatry. Faulty perception is leading you to idolatry. Do you believe that you must knock on the door of a place where there is a dead body before you enter? because you think that the dead body spirit is walking around and you need to knock on the door and before you enter for every knock you give you are already worshiping idols you are you are worshiping spirits of the devils because you are doing it with a motive in mind with the belief in your mind that those dead people are not really dead faulty perception is leading you to worship idols it is leading you to seven demons we need to know what the word of god says in the case of Rebecca and Jacob, the faulty perception led them to deception. For others, it is leading them to idolatry and having other gods. For others, it is leading them to commit suicide. For others, it is leading them to adultery. For others, it is leading them to steal. For others, it is leading to covetousness. Isaac was deceived through the covetousness of Jacob and the mother. Faulty perception is never harmless. Every error is harmful. So we need to ensure that our mind is 
get up with the word of God, believe what the word of God says and forget your tradition and cultural things that are telling you this or that that is leading you to go and do things that are causing you to sin against God because of your faulty perception. Brothers and sisters, the Lord is calling us today out of faulty perceptions like the case of Isaac, the case of Jacob and his mother because it has huge consequences. Another lesson we learn from this is two wrongs do not make a right. Even with all the faulty perception, at least somebody needs to know. Even if you, you think or believe that there are other gods or that the curse or blessing really matters. If you are really in the place of God and you are a child of God, it should make you still say, no matter what, I cannot sin against God. But for Jacob and uh, Rebecca, they had to sin against God. They felt they had to sin against God because of their faulty perception. Two wrongs do not make a right. You cannot do something wrong to justify another wrong. You cannot um, think that the end justifies the means. That was the kind of mind that was probably in Rebecca thinking, oh, this thing is wrong, yes, but it is necessary to be done. There is nothing wrong that we will say is necessary to be done. We need to learn to trust in God and do right at all times. Like our key text says for today in the book of Psalms chapter 37, reading from verse 5, it says, Commit thy way unto the Lord, trust also in him, and he shall bring it to pass. If the Lord has said something, trust him. Don't sin against him to bring things he has said to pass. Two wrongs will not make a right. At best, you will even make what God wants to do to be postponed. When you sin against him, calm down. Trust in the Lord. Wait for him. If he has said, this is what I will do, do not put your hand into sin. Don't think that the end justifies the means because you are trying to bring glory to God and then you use wicked methods and sin against the Lord. So brothers and sisters, I know that many things may be going through our minds on this issue of faulty perceptions and the Lord is speaking to us. The solution to all of it is let the word of God be your guide. Let it be your guide in making you form your perceptions and also to help you to reason properly and it shall be well with all of us. Let us pray. Dear loving Father in heaven, we through our wrong understanding of life and worldviews and perceptions of life in general have sinned against you in various ways. We pray Lord that you will bring to our minds the very areas where we have sinned against you and the faulty perceptions we have in mind. There are some of them that may, may not have led us into sin yet but as far as we are still believing it, the devil can capitalize on it and cause us to have to sin against you and bring great consequences upon ourselves. Therefore, we plead, Lord, correct us. Remove from us all wrong understandings so that we can be in shape and be in line with your word and do what is right and well-pleasing in your sight. We pray, Father, that you forgive us our sins that we have committed on this account. And help us, Lord, to trust you no matter what we see happening around us. Though it may look as if things may not be going the way we want, help us, Lord, in such times to put explicit trust in you and do your will in all things. Help us to this end. In Jesus' name I've prayed. Amen. Amen.